Welcome to Visibility Unlimited. I'm Leslie Short, your host and owner of the Cavo Group. We work with companies and organizations to expand beyond their current culture. Visibility Unlimited discusses topics focusing on diversity, inclusion, leadership, culture, and current events. Look out for my book, Expand Beyond Your Current Culture, out January 2021. Enjoy this episode and remember to subscribe to stay updated on future podcasts. The day after November 4th, 2020, the election has happened. We are still in a pandemic. Virtual learning and remote working is not going away. So join us as we discuss where do we go from here? love a country that doesn't love us back. And that's what kept playing in my head. So the question is, we've had the election, now what? It's, the election part is over, we're still counting. There's a whole lot of issues with the counting. We've already started the legal things. Where does that leave social justice and racial justice, regardless of who wins? Because it doesn't flip a switch. This is a conversation for all of us just to jump in. Dwayne, I know you do this every day. Sarah, I know you had a part, well, you do all your part of all of this madness. Sarah, I know you were working on campaigns and working with people that were trying to get people elected. I know I went to events with you back, oh my God, it's been a year. A year ago when we were allowed outside in the summer. I just love to hear from everyone, kind of what you're feeling, where do we go? How do you look at 2020? How do we end 2020? Anyone? Um, I'll go. Come I, on, Sarah. So sorry. Um, I, I'm sorry. I came to get a light dinner with my friends, um, but I wanted to join this. Hi, everybody. I know I look like a hot mess. Hold on. So sorry. Um, listen, uh, as, a, as a Latina from Texas, um, I'm glad that everyone's waking up. Uh, Texas has been uh, purple for a really long time. I think it was encouraging to see this. It's great to hear everybody talk about it. Um, but the one thing that I was a little disheartened by uh, and this time around is the amount of kind of shade that people are giving the South um, and that I don't think people understand what it's like to organize in the South. And I just wanna like shout out the very many people that were on the ground across the board we're talking a lot right now about the blue wall um, and how it's gonna save America. But quite frankly, the brown wall in the Southwest is saving our asses right now. And um, I think uh, for me, this has been a big wake up call. Uh, I, I was just as equally disheartened when you see those colors. But I think for those of us who didn't grow up in super liberal states, um, Unfortunately, this is where we are. And I think we've become a more divided nation because we've isolated ourselves. And that includes us as liberals. Um, I think that happens a lot in Texas. You'll notice that all of the um, major cities turn blue. Um, and that's usually how Texas rolls. But then we don't talk to anybody outside of those cities. Um, everybody else is a redneck. Everyone else is a hick. Nobody knows what it's like to, you know. And, and, and I, I'm hoping that while this is a very much a testament to the fact that we have a lot of work to do in terms of race relations and, and beyond that, 
uh, also, you know, women, women's rights and all of that, LGBT rights. I think this is a wake up call also to Democrats and progressives that we really can't stay in our lanes anymore. We can't stay in our bubbles anymore. We are just as much, and, and this is not to say that like racists have an excuse, they absolutely do not, but the work doesn't stop even if we win tonight um, or Friday or whatever day it's gonna happen because we're all on <laughs> a bunch of signals right now about what's happening with the DNC. Um, but yeah, I was disheartened by it, but I'm also heartened by the, what we're jokingly calling it, the brown wave in the Southwest. Um, and I, I'm encouraged by the amount of young people that came out this time. And uh, I'm encouraged that third party voters decided to go with, uh, you know, not the popular choice for them, but they voted outside of just themselves and their own self-interest. And the amount of people that voted in this election is historic. And for as much as it's, yes, there's a lot of people that are voting party over country. There's a lot of us that are voting for America too. And I don't think we should lose sight of that. And I think we have to reevaluate what does America stand for? And how do we stand within it? Because it is each individual. And you know, I will hold on to that because if I don't hold on to that, then I have zero to hold on to. <laughs> that each of us have a role within this and that for those of us that 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 fight the good fight and so depending on how you see the good fight <laughs> in your mind I guess um has to stay true to none of this is going to work without crossing you know air quotes party lines that we will not advance we will not grow and it will not change. Um, and this is a long time coming and it's been a long time going. And at the end of the day, we can say, yay, hooray, we're all happy this one and that one got elected and I see your face, Wayne. And I get that once you're in, let's be honest, you're, what you said last two weeks ago, you're trying to get reelected again. <laughs> so you go with what needs to happen. And so you can't be this Pollyanna thought of my person got in and now we're good. Um, but Dwayne, how do you see it? Um, but also, wait, sorry. One Sarah. Sorry, one update from the DNC. Everybody, like the DNC is texting back and forth and they are pretty positive we're going to win. So I'm just, I just got another update. So I'm just sharing that. <laughs> Go ahead, Dwayne. I'm so sorry. Um, it's quite all right, Sarah. Um, you know, so, you know, the, the way I look at it, you know, there, there are a bunch of things, right. And, you know, Sarah hit on one thing, um, you know, you look at the, the country and you say, oh, there are all these silos, but you look at, at New York, for example, I mean, New York itself has, has these silos. And when you look at what was supposed to be kind of a blue wave in the state of New York just didn't happen, right? Like, you know, Staten Island lived up to being Staten Island and, um, you know, Republicans kind of reigned free on Long Island in the state Senate races. Uh, people, Democrats who won seats two years ago in the state Senate are um, may lose to, to their Republican challengers. 
um, and, and upstates the same the same way in a couple of, of races. So I, I think, you know, you look at it and you say, where, you know, when you say, where do we go from here? Um, and you and you look at the vote totals and you say to yourself, man, you know, we had this great kind of momentum with people caring about police reform, Black Lives Matter, all of these things, but the votes don't reflect that at all, right? Like, I mean, you know, you, it, I, you know, I woke up this morning thinking to myself after seeing about 60 million people had already voted for Donald Trump saying, you know, was this just like a movie that I saw where, you know, these protests were happening and this was this staged by the media because clearly all of these people that, that I thought cared about these kinds of things actually really did not, you know, care. And it gets back to kind of their self-interest. And, you know, when Leslie, when you say, um, you know, thinking about one person at a time, okay, one individual at a time, but they went in those booths and they thought about themselves and, and not about advancing kind of the, the thought that had surrounded us throughout kind of the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement. And so, so it's parents just, it's just and community it, and they they did what was safe in their right. heads yeah and yeah and look and, and 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 you know the narrative played out across the country not just you know we see it in new york but you see it in other places where it's just like if you stand with law and order and and you know then you're okay and people will revert back and say, you know, I just want to be safe. I just want to take care of my house, my property and family. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there, in my opinion, there are other things that should go along with, you know, with your choices for electing people and not, you know, your wallet and your perception of safety. I mean, that's the sad thing. I think the police became a deciding factor and I think, I'm mean, a general, we all want the police. I don't think anyone said, don't take the police away. I, 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 I nod to them and say, thank you. But there's, there's that, there's defunding. And what I said before, restructuring that money, reevaluating that money, restructuring what that police force looks like and how they act and train and all those other things is what I'm looking to have happen. I think we the defund the police has become the bumper sticker of Black Lives Matter, where there's been no context put next to it. And so it was an easy thing to say, my brother, my uncle, my, my grandfather, my father, everyone's in the force. I'm never gonna go stand with somebody that says defund them or I don't like them. Where there was no context put to that. And therefore I gotta go with Uncle Bobby because that's where family goes. Like I read something earlier saying that how disappointed they were and, and women in general that fought so, you know, we fight so hard for the rights for our body to vote, to blah, 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 blah to have a voice, you know, to wear our own hair, all those things. And yet they still follow their fathers and their uncles and brothers in that poll booth. And so if you stood with what they said, I'm gonna use the word that we all know I hate, how woke they were. They were woke until they had to do something else. 
So that leaves us again then, we have issues with the post office, workplace trainings, my living, you know, I, I wanna write him to say, so you wanna take away and you're taking away diversity and inclusion training. So you're taking away jobs? Like this is people's career. There are things, so you're not, you're not adding jobs. You're taking away new jobs, okay? You have the Trumpism that's going to, that was MSNBC, um, that is going to last regardless. We see this now, we see it in the map that this is not, regardless of who gets voted in, this is not going away. They've just stormed a polling place for counting and no one can get in. So then how do we move forward? Because we can have these conversations all day and we can be mad at it all day, but we each still have to show up because we still have to pay rent and mortgage <laughs> and eat and figure this out. So how do, how do and, and this is an open question. I, I'm truly asking, how does everyone see themselves moving through this? Are you officially deleting folks off your Facebook page and so Leslie, yes, if, if I may, of course I work in education. Mm -hmm. So of course my my focus is always going to be education, um, starting with the youngest of us and um, being able to educate students. Yesterday at my work site, they actually did like. Um, mock election in the social studies classes, which I thought was great. Mm -hmm. um, but having said that, I think it's a mindset. We have to change paradigms. And of course it should start with adults educating their students, but sometime as adults, and I'm gonna say we, meaning all adults, sometime we breed our prejudices into our children and our students. They don't know why they believe what they believe, but even um, psychologically speaking, by the time a child is eight years old, their personality, their values have already been established. And so we in the school system, respecting parents, always respect the parents, but also we should be able to educate children so that they can be critical thinkers is what I would like to count it. You know, I, they I need to be critical thinkers and be independent in their thinking and be able to support their belief. Personally, having ran for an office, I was invited, I was invited to speak at a headquarters, a political headquarters. The governor and all was gonna be, well, the, the person running for governor was also gonna be speaking there. So when I got there, you're supposed to check in. And the lady at the desk told me, she said, I said, I'm running for a nonpartisan office. We're not even allowed to share what our political affiliation is. Right. But I wanted to get a feel of what is it you're looking for the school system to do? 
So here was their opportunity to share. They turned to me, say they didn't care. They say, if you're not this particular party and you're holding this card, you're not speaking in here and basically invited me out. And I was like, wow. So I don't even know. I didn't even get the opportunity to find out what are some of the issues and even now, as a school counselor, one of my responsibilities is to engage the community. And I don't go out thinking about political parties or anything like that. Right. I want to know what is it? Because, of course, we're producing a product for our stakeholders. And those are our children. So we're preparing them for jobs and and. and and different things. So I want your input. And I don't care what your political affiliation is, as long as it does not um, create what, what you call because ev everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And I'm going to listen to your opinion respectfully. And I expect you to do the same for mine as well. So I, like I say, you know, just to conclude with it, I just think my role is to educate young people to be critical thinkers because we're creating our future. I agree with you. Thank you for that. Yeah, look, I'm actually going to be working with the school system and they're bringing me in to work with the teachers and the parents because it's got to be both ways. It's that you've got to have the teachers having a better understanding um, of what a bias is and and to have these conversations with kids as you have to have teachers not have their bias going on. But look, I'm gonna mess up the name. What's the, the quinine, quinine, who believes that they're kidnapping kids? What's it that, cause the woman just got elected. So she's going to Congress. QAnon. Thank Q9. you. Yeah. So when we look at the diversity of spectrum of what's about to happen, I don't even see how that's going down on the floor. So again, once we have whoever's there, there's gonna be so much happening of, of, of ins and outs, right? That's one thing. I hope what this is also taught people is that they have to look at their local elections, that you absolutely need to pay attention to who's running for Senator and Congress and all those things, how it matters. I don't think people that wasn't involved in politics or just like politics really paid attention to that. You get a flyer in your mailbox, somebody's passing by, somebody's giving out a donut, you know. But now I think because we're gonna have an eight day election uh, where we're going, that you really see how those senators, how those congressmen play a part. But with that said, again, we still got to survive doing this. So how are you going to finish out 2020? I, I want to add something to that as well, too, um, to your question about, you know, how do we make a change? How do things change? I think one is, is the media. The media is the one that kind of, uh, that, that, that kind of sets the, I guess, sets the, the national tone. Um, and so again, it's, I think there needs to be more diversity within the media outlets that we have. And what I mean by that is, if, if, please somebody correct me, if, uh, correct me on this, but I think there's only like three or four people that own all of the, all of the media that we get. 
And so it has to start from there. Or we start democratizing a little bit more where there's channels, YouTube channels. Wait, wait, I need to stop you to jump in with you on that quickly. Yes, it's not only the news media, but who's in the newsrooms? So it's not about the media outlets. Let's go back. Who's the journalist? Who's who gets the press passes? Who's in the room? Who gets hired? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think that's the basis. Of can, I, can I also jump in? There's actually also now a new push from uh, QAnon and other groups to buy very hyper local newspapers and other sources. And they're pretty much worse than Braveheart. <laughs> and they're buying up all these local papers that are closing. Crazy. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, uh, even to the point as well, too, there needs to be more diversity within media. Um, uh, you know, uh, things like I think things like YouTube can 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 give the people a voice. Um, there needs to be something a little bit bigger than that that gives that diversity in voices. I think that's what that uh, that's where the change change needs to happen. Um, again, we saw that with if you if you looked at it as if a slideshow movie at the beginning of COVID to where we are now and just saw how the media played everything, how it was COVID, 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 COVID. Then George Lloyd happened. Then everything focused to George Lloyd for a little bit and Black Lives Matter. Then everything went from there to say, oh, now they're looting, they're rioting and everything and kind of and kind of glossing over and no one really going below the surface to fully explain what's going on, which ties into the second thing when you're talking about education especially at the local election, I think that needs to be something that's taught in middle school, high school, community centers, how our government works. A lot of people don't know how our government works. And so therefore they get, I would say, they get hyper excited about a presidential election when that has very little effect on your everyday life compared to your state prosecutor or your district attorney, or who your city council is, who's making those local decisions for you. Um, so I, I think I think there needs to be, a, I don't know, a collective education on that, on how it works. And, and that could be, I'm not going to say an us and them, um, but I think that could be the strategy on it, while, while some people decide not to let people know about it, to do their own research. Mm -hmm. and, and basically, it goes back to hiding the information in plain sight, because who's going to actually go out and and research what really matters to their community. You know? Well, isn't that social studies? Silly me, but when you were in school, I like, let me go back a bit. It's, it's been some years, but wasn't that what the social studies was? That, again, that's fifth and sixth grade. That's not, that's not continuing education. The same way we get English from, from kindergarten up until 12th grade. And then I had to take another year of it in college as well too. I think politics or call it social studies, whatever it may be, world, whatever it is, world government, you know, I think, I think that has to be taught just as much as English has, because a lot of people don't understand. And that goes to, while, while um, Hillary won the popular election, and I think, you know, looking at the stats, don't quote me on this as well, too, uh, please go do some independent research on it, but um, I think, was it last time, 2004, when a Republican has won the popular election, it was 2004, you're talking about 16 years ago. Whereas it, our system is, our system is messed up, it's antiquated, and it really needs to be changed to a certain, or tweaked at least, to a certain extent where the electoral college doesn't really determine 
who our who our president is, because that's basically saying that we're too stupid to to choose to choose who we want to govern us. And I know Dwayne wanted to say something, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll jump off my soapbox at this moment. No, I I mean look, I I wholeheartedly agree with you uh, with respect to the uh, importance of local races, and um, you know, in social studies, Leslie never really covers local issues at all, right? Like you learn about the federal government, you learn about other, you know, countries and how they're set up and everything. I mean, my my fifth grader is literally doing a government class right now mm -hmm. and they're not drilling down to the local level um, at all. And you well, know, I'm as sure Mike you is, won't be a guest in that class. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I would accept for the fact that uh, COVID, just like everything else, right? Like they're not letting outsiders come into the class right now. Um, but you know, it, it's it's something that that's vitally, vitally important to to focus on the local races. And you know, Mike, where I would only slightly disagree with you is, is that you know, folks have the opportunity to figure out who's representing them and 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 get all of this information in plain sight. I have argued. With, with young folks who have told me they don't have the time or anything like that, but they can figure out where the next pair of Yeezys is going on sale. And so, you know, it, it, it is right there. We should be able to, you know, we can point people in, in the direction, but, you know, I would think just even from a selfish perspective, right? Like New York City or, or your locality takes out Ink tax from your from from your paycheck every week. Wouldn't you like to know what they're doing with it? Who's the people responsible for it, um, and, and and what's going on, and how you can you can affect things? Because there are a lot of ways that that can actually happen. You can affect things, and you can get involved with even with minimal um, activity. And here's the crazy thing as well. Let's think back. Um, I don't know. Let's just say eight months ago. <laughs> it didn't speak about race, didn't speak about politics, didn't speak about religion in school and or at your workplace. Now, as we spoke about two weeks ago, you have politics determining whether you can or cannot speak or what you can or cannot wear or what buttons you can put on your bag or that type of thing. You have conversations on race and racial injustice in your workplace. So everything, and it's not an excuse, it's just the reality of, as a society, we don't really speak about these things. We don't go to dinners and sit with friends and have these discussions. Overall, unless that's your industry or that's something that you really care about. In Europe, someone said to me, why is it so different? Why did you like it so much, Leslie? And I started thinking about that. I'm like, we never spoke about our jobs. We spoke about what's happening in the world and we spoke about politics and you spoke about these things that mattered. Who was running, what was happening, the parliament, the this. We just don't have these discussions here. We don't have them as adults. So how are the kids gonna have them? Go ahead, Kim. Well, I think one of the things I think um, is Dr. Upton, I think what she brought up and was really, really good. I think the critical thinking, and it goes back to the education. 
Um, you know, a friend of mine said the education system in America has been failing, failing for the past 50 years. We have not had good teachers um, and they cut a lot of the programs. They cut like the social studies. They cut the different. I, I think that what happens now is that we have seen an upending of everything. So it's like almost like everything has been just tossed up in the air. So what we have to do, I'm not saying we, what Kim has to do, I'm thinking personal, is to pick what ball I want to choose and work on that one. If it's political, then let's get involved with the political. Not everybody is interested in political. I mean, you know, I've had conversations at work where they knew more about, you know, uh, Cardi B than they know anything else. It's just the way the society is. I think the other thing is, is like what Mike is saying, like about reading. Now, when I was going to school and it just was my preference, I read at least like four newspapers a day, which I can't say everybody does that. That's just Kim. <laughs> I think it's important though that we pick out of all of everything that's happened, what we want to work on. And personally for ourselves, we can't change the world. We can't even change this country. This country, in the words of Dr. Maya Angelou, is showing us who it is. It really is. And it's sad, but this is what we're working with. And I think in order for us not to suffer and not to get upset, we have to accept it the way it is, but not that it can't change. But the reality is, is that we on this phone is, are probably looked at as the coastal elite. Most of us here are educated. We probably have very good paying jobs or we have businesses that are successful. Most people in this country do not have the opportunity to even go to school. They don't have the opportunity to get past working at McDonald's and not even living in a state where you can vote without them actually telling you either you had a criminal record or they lost your paperwork. We don't realize like living in New York and in certain areas, how really blessed we are. I think it also comes down to if we can actually reach out to some of the people, even some of our cousins, I'm going to tell you personally, my cousins in the South were so different than I was. Okay. I and I'm going to I'm going to tell on myself, I really didn't want to be bothered with them because of some of the things and some of the views that they had. And I'm ashamed of that. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sorry that I didn't reach out to them more because now I see that they were left behind. And that is sometimes a choice that people don't want to know. And we have to accept that also about people. Some people don't want to know. Some people like the fact that they don't like to talk to black people. I have my neighbors here even now. They don't really talk to us. And that's okay, but I've learned to accept it. It, you know, and the ones who are good in our neighborhood, I talk to them, I have a good relationship with. But I, like I said, I think what we have to do for ourselves personally is pick the ball that we want to work on for ourselves and just move on from there. But also be realistic about what this country is. I love, let me tell you, I love living here. I don't think I would want to live anywhere else. I haven't lived anywhere else, Leslie. I don't have <laughs> the experience. But I think that there's still work that it's not an overnight sensation that we're going to have. No matter who is president, there is much right. work to be done because of the founding, unfortunately, of this country, the way that it went down. It's a lot of violence. It's in our DNA. But this is not only a black and white issue. Sorry. Sorry, Leslie. Go ahead. I just want to say one thing. I took offense, Kim, when you said people from the South. I am from the South. We're yes. not all hillbillies. We're not all hillbillies. I knew that was coming with those two. Some, I mean, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. Some of us are. Some of us are. Wait, but I'm talking about my country. I'm talking about my family. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, y'all. 
I don't know, but I will say I think I appreciate it because I honestly some of the some of the most like accepting and wonderful people that I've ever met have actually been from here and do make take the work even if they have never had the privilege by the way it is a privilege to be able to move to from city to city to be able to go to school in a different city and everything else and if you are somebody who even here has taken the opportunity to explore and take yourself out of your own silo I think that's important and I will say in New York I have been so encouraged by the amount of people that I do know that um, get it right sometimes every once in a while um, and I'm sure other people on this phone who are not from here um, we'll, we'll, we'll remind y'all, this is not the center of the universe, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I think, uh, I think it is encouraging to hear words from you and, and I appreciate that. I mean, I, I get angry and, and there are moments when I, you know, get angry about Latinos that vote for Trump. When I get, I get angry at my, uh, my family who are literal, like we come from a mixed status family, Mexican Americans and Mexicans. I have cousins that vote for Donald Trump because they're police officers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. I want to, I want to just like punch them in the face. And I didn't talk to them. I didn't even try this election. I work in it. So I just want to say like you and I both, and I appreciate you for being um, that honest about that. Cause like I work in the campaign and raising money and talk a big game, but I also didn't even try with them and I should have. But you know what? It's not only a black or white issue. And, and so I'm that there are, are blacks that voted for Trump. There are black men. This he has a, a higher rate of African-Americans that have voted for him this time and Latinos. So I, I want us to be careful. That it it doesn't only become a black and white issue. I'm going to be very clear for me personally. This is a moral, social justice humanity issue now if you voted with your pocket that's you between you and whatever you believe in because i believe that's gonna come back and get you but there are people that um and there may be some that absolutely believe in everything that he says when i was speaking with someone earlier you know what part of the issue was um when you see the people that have hugged and kissed you, when you've walked into an event on the days when we were allowed to go out and it was that hug and that kiss and now you see their post and it's, we're almost there, let's go for Trump. And you're like, wow, oh, huh. And yeah, I have, I've had to sit back and I'm like, I would really, that's a conversation I would love to have. I would love to know how you can hug and kiss me, but don't feel that I'm worthy for the same rights or equity that you have. Now I hear, well, no, not you, Leslie, you're not one of them. So what is that one of them? How do you, I just need, I, and this is my own mind. I just need clarification. How do you distinguish? How, how are you all separating us? What's that rating chart? That's what I want to know. Well, you're not rioting, Leslie. You're not, you don't have, you know, that's that's the difference. In their mind, them is, and I'm generalizing here, but you know, okay. it's the people who are who are rioting, the people who who, you know, who think that all police are scum and that, you know, they should all just go somewhere else. There, there's 
the, the problem is, is that there's a lack of nuance in, in, in all of these conversations, right? Okay. And so, so they just look at it and they think, you know, being one of them is being Colin Kaepernick, being, you know, being a criminal, being a rioter, a looter, or everything like that, and not even drilling down into who's actually really rioting, who's actually really doing the looting, right. um, and, and, and everything like that. And plus, you know, you speak the king's English, Leslie, so you're definitely not one of them, right? Um, and so, so you know, it's it it becomes an issue, and it's easy. Look, you know, this country plays so many mental tricks with itself anyway. Prides itself on on freedoms that really don't exist. Prides itself on on democ democratic values that don't exist in practice. So this is just one more mental gymnastic that uh, people go through. To, to make themselves feel good about why they're supporting somebody who, um, you know, on face value, you'd say, wow, this is the guy that's the leader of the quote unquote free world. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I will give him credit, right? Like he is, remember, he's an entertainer, right? And, he's and, Bengali. And, 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 you know, I, and I will admit, I used to watch The Apprentice in the first couple of seasons and be like, yo, this is really good. I really like this. And so he, he has taken that knowledge and just continued to move it along. And his base, you know, people, you know, talk about his base derogatory, you know, in a derogative fashion, but those people, his 35% are his 35%. Those folks are not going anywhere because he is an entertainer. He knows what buttons to push. And he's, he has totally played us and said, you know what? The thing I did yesterday, forget it. I'm, I'm going to do something crazier today. And you're even going to forget about yesterday. And, and that's why people love him. Because he can, he does. Oh, he says and does exactly what the rest of us really want to do. We want to tell our bosses to go mm, or change our minds. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know, I'm, I mean, and it's, you know, to a certain degree and, and you know, you know, and er, that I love hip hop and I can see why these hip hop stars are coming out and saying, yeah, you know, I'm with, I'm, I'm with Trump and, and everything because it's the same kind of misogynistic machismo kind of thing that, that they espouse that he's gotten away with. Well, let's right? take like, a step back. Do you remember when hip hop was huge, I know you remember, but that you hear rappers say, or black men say, that's who we aspire to because that was the, the one that was making it. He was big in the nineties. You wanted to be Donald Trump. There was times when I was in a club and we know if I was in a club, that meant I had to be with my clients doing press. Cause I was trying to get the heck on up out of there where I remember turning around and seeing him standing there with Puff and with Jay-Z. And then I was like, what is he doing here? I don't even want to be here. But wanted to be part of that in what's happening. And so, yes, you have the rappers now. It's like, oh, I have enough dough that I can be next to somebody I looked up to. Well, I mean, we, we can have a long dissertation about rappers and their role models, whether it be yes. drug dealers, mobsters, <laughs> Donald Trump, or what have you. Um, um, but yes, you are absolutely right. I mean, Method Man had uh, his introduction on his Judgment Day album was titled Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump leaving a voice message for him saying it was time for him to get his album out and, and everything like that. So, um, you know, it, it's just, I, I, you know. Which his base has no idea. Right. Yeah. That he hung out in the clubs with everyone. Yeah. And, and so I just think, I, you know, I think that, you know, he has, he has known how to play the system for a long, long time. You know, whether it was back in the 80s and 90s, calling the New York Post and saying, I'm Donald Trump's press secretary and, you know, giving them the, 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 the business and it was really him um, up all the way through now. He, that's, that's what he does. And, you know, I feel, unfortunately, some people haven't caught on to the game yet and, you know, and, and, and we're suffering for it. So Joe Biden wins. Now what? Ooh, silence. I, and I'm, I'm posing the question. We've spoken about Donald. We know for good, bad, or indifferent, we kind of know his uh, play chessers, play chess. I'm taking my marbles going home. It's my ball. <laughs> it's my world. You're in it. What happens? I don't think anything changes. I think I, Honestly, I think we're getting a little bit more uh, business as usual with, um, with Biden. Um, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna talk about you know who to vote for or anything else of the sort. Um, but again, I think you know with the entire Democratic Party, I think they really need to do about face and truly and truly um, take a look at the the needs of their constituents um, and particularly Black people. Black people have been voting Democratic for a long time now, and I think the the Democratic Party is taking it's taking that for granted. Um, there hasn't been as many improvements within within my community that I feel could could have been made. Um, a lot of promises, a lot of empty promises that have been made, but nothing really truly, you know, in, it, nothing really truly progressive to build that infrastructure that we need. So when you say Biden wins, I think it's a lot of business as usual. It's more like glad we got past that when it got him out. You know, and it's now about like, hey, let's go back to our old playbook back in the, you know, the early 2000s. Um, I think it's our job to hold him to the to his foot to the fire. So that's that. I, that's the thing. How do we do what it's now? What I would I would also sorry. I mean, I'm just going to push back here because I think it's very easy for a lot of us to say business as usual. And they made a lot of promises and not followed through. Number one, I would love uh, specifics, and I'm sure you have them, Micah, because I have them too. But I also wonder how you're looking at how the Senate, the House uh, voting voter turnout among Latinos, progressives, whatever they want to label themselves as being a reason why we couldn't reach some of that. Because I think that's like a fair accusation. I don't necessarily think it's, I don't know. I, I have to like push back on that. Well, I mean, I can just speak from, you know, what I see in my own community and that's what I have to look out for first. And, and what I'm saying here is that, you know, and I just use one, one example for uh, just one example for, uh, for there is welfare programs. Instead of giving more checks out, why don't you build infrastructure in those projects? You know, why don't you build infrastructure in our neighborhoods? Why don't you give us those resources to do that? Not, not saying you in particular, but I'm like, Democrats, you've promised all this funding or whatever the case may be, but where is that, how does that trickle down or how does that come to me and my community 
to be able to make effective change, generational change, and not just something to hand me out, you know, a thousand dollars here, or hand me out a few, a, a few, a few crumbs here, but actually going in and saying, okay, why is this considered the ghetto? And instead of gentrifying it, why don't we go in and put a Trader Joe's in there before we want other people to move into those projects? And what I'm saying, sure. is that, what I'm saying is that, you know, Democrats have been promising a lot of that change for a while now. And we haven't seen it. At least I haven't seen it in my in my neighborhood. Oh, sure, can I think that's fair. But I also oh, Sarah, hold on one second. I'm, I'll give you a second. But can you all break down, either Sarah or, or Dwayne or anyone that's on the call that knows what you just said, Michael? Because they taught me this. Because I'm always fighting about infrastructure. I want to change infrastructure. Why is the subway like this? And what did you all say to me? That's at the state level. So that goes back to who you elect for state that goes and fights for part of that. Correct. Am I right or wrong? Part part of that is is it. And I also would say, like, right now, the fact that we are struggling for the Senate, the national, like congressional Senate, is also another part of that. Like you can you can vote and have a Democrat in office uh, as president, and they're still not able to make incremental change in certain policies. And I and I will say, Micah, I totally understand what you're saying, but I think in the same scope as we can't depend on one community to save us in an election. We also can't depend on one elected official to. And we have a democratic president. That doesn't mean that they're able to push through legislation that creates what I agree with you should happen, which is give people a pathway to generational wealth. White communities have had it. Black communities are having to build it for themselves. Latino communities, we are striving so hard to even get to a step of going towards it. But I think like where I'm just pushing back on you is I absolutely agree with you that these things are lacking in our communities. But when we put all of it on making one election happen, that's a problem. It's a problem because he can't do anything unless he has a legislature that works with him. And going back to what Leslie said, yeah, some of it is on the state and city levels. And I agree with you on that. I'm just going back a few a few elections from here. And I'm not just talking about, you know, Biden. I'm talking about eight years of Barack Obama. I'm talking about eight years of Clinton as well, too, even though I couldn't vote for for Clinton. I wasn't old enough yet. But still, what I'm looking at when I see you know, multiple people being in position to make, to make trans, I mean, transformational change in there and it's not happening, then it's like, okay, well, you're taking my vote for granted to, or, uh, we're taking our votes and our community's votes for granted. And I think, you know, one thing that I think it was Puffy who came out there and said it, not saying I quote Puffy or anything else of the sort, or not saying that I look him as the, yeah, the yeah. but <laughs> But he did say, he did say, I mean, he did make mention about forming another party, you know, that focuses on black people's rights and everything. We've been here, we've been here for quite some time and generations. And I just feel that every, it's, it's like we can, it's like the typical politician move. It's like, hey, you'll be in my church, you'll come to my church, you'll come to my neighborhood, you'll come to my, you know, you'll come to a cookout every once in a while when you need the vote. But then what happens, you know, a month after you get elected in the office? Yeah, but I'm not going for the black party. You know that's what we're gonna argue. I'm not jumping in for that. I because we can't, we don't get stuff to, that that's we go back to segregation again. So we have inclusion within segregation, segregation within inclusion. We're not getting any of this done. Look, Barack Obama came in and it was great, but at the end of the day, didn't have control over the Senate. 
and they blocked everything that happened. So again, we have to stop trying to be on, make our own train and we're going to go on our own road and understand how the system that's not built for us, understand that a little bit and start putting our money in, in, in education behind some people that can get out there and run and start competing, not a, the same year that it's time to run a race, but start building up our people. Who are our next leaders? Who I, are the next people running? I definitely I definitely, I definitely agree with you. And, and that's why I said, even before this election, I said that some, mm -hmm. somewhat similar to it as well, too, is that we need to be thinking about 2024. We need to be thinking about 2028. Um, yeah, again, as I said at the beginning of this comment, though, a lot of people feel like, whoo, we made it. You know what I mean? We kind of, we, yeah. we kind of skirted, skirted danger at this point in time. But yeah, my thoughts are where it is, is like a literally going in and finding what aligns with my values, what aligns is gonna help my community and not just my community and me and my generation, but future generations as, as well too. And looking forward as we all should be doing, I think Kim and Dr. Upton said, mentioned the same thing about the kids. That's what you need to do, educate the future generations and try to prepare a place for them that's that's better than the way we found it. And I'm all I'm just saying about the Democratic Party, I hope, this, I hope the next four years, whoever it is, I hope the next four years or eight years, however long it is, it, it does. It's not just the, hey, yeah, we now we made it. Now let's go back to business as usual. I hope, I hope that we have something better than that for the next four years. So, Mike, if I Leslie, if I could just piggyback on 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 a couple of things, and I, you know, I mentioned this, I think two weeks ago. You know, part of the problem is is that you know, folks in our community, we vote for uh, Barack Obama or or whomever, or you know. A, the first African-American mayor in our city and what have you and say, all right, you got us, right? Good. And then we go back to work, we go and do whatever else we do. And we don't, we don't check back in until four years later as well. And, and part of what I see, you know, I've, I've worked in elected officials offices, both black, white, right? And, you know, what, what I've seen is, is that, you know, there are communities that stay engaged. They're not, you know, you talked about the cookout. Oh, you just show up at the cookout. Now you, we're coming to you. We're finding out where you are, and we're gonna come see see you and make sure you know that we're holding your feet to the fire. And 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 you know, and I, I get kind of the issue with respect to you know marginalized community and people having other responsibilities and things to do. But there are people can make time to do one or two check-ins every once in a while to make sure that elected officials actually know that we're here and we're paying attention and you know with with zoom and with um you know with email and and what have you and, and twitter and instagram and facebook there are so many ways that you can let these folks know that you're participating and and you know i see communities still not doing that and just saying well we elected you what are you doing for us instead of saying we elected you and I want to make sure you did this. And that's why I'm participating in this virtual hearing, right? Like, you know, all they have to do is like what everybody else does, check in, put, turn the camera off on Zoom, take care of the kids, you know, come turn the camera back on for a minute, say, yeah, 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 and, 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 and keep it moving. But a lot of that needs to start falling on us as well and having us participate and voting is just the first step. My, if my 70 year old something aunt can be on Facebook <laughs> and put 
my senior house didn't get masks, which I immediately called. <laughs> like, I need you. Wait, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Meanwhile, I see friends that are <laughs> there and they're like, she was like, well, we didn't get masks. I was like, you know what? I know the person who's working with them. Let's not put anything else on Facebook. Let me make a call. <laughs> but she was just like, nah, I'm going down. I'm going to go down to Borough Hall. Like they missed out thing. And, and I'm like, but I love that. She was just like, no, they missed out senior house. How did, how did we not get masks? And I was like, I got you. I'll make sure your senior, list gets, your senior house gets on that list. And we were able to get it done. But they were, they had responded to her because somebody was following that. So it is our responsibility to hold, if you vote them in and they say they're going to do something, we've got to do our part as well. You know, whether it's volunteering, whether you volunteer for lobbying, whether you're writing letters, whether you jump on these calls, the community, we were talking about community boards earlier, we have to do it. Because otherwise, we, we go back to the same status quo. And so I don't think we can afford to go back to status quo any longer. You know, so I know our time is almost up. So I think our takeaways are this. The children are our future. <laughs> if kids aren't your thing, then it's your responsibility to hold these, uh, hold these uh, elected officials feet to the fire. If you work in it or around it and it's your passion, figure out what it is that we can turn this into making it a better place for ourselves. I think it's up to all of us to continue to educate ourselves on how this crazy political system that we vote in, vote for, have supported, how does it work and how does it benefit for the people? Because we are the people. I'm open if there's any other takeaways. But I think it's up to us to continue to make a difference and to stay engaged. Um, regardless of what happens in the next 24, 48, 72 hours, we still must continue to stay the course for social justice, for racial justice, and for humanity. Um, it is up to us. Mm -hmm. Anyone would like to add anything else? I got off my soapbox. I just want to say one thing. I just got an update and maybe Sarah got the same update. But it looks like um, Biden took Michigan as well too. Just FYI. Okay. We're just going to let some breath out. <laughs> We're just going to let some breath out. <laughs> Um, but we also know we have a long legal fight ahead. They've already started that. Um, we will not be discouraged. We will fight on. Um, as always, I thank you for joining. The conversation continues uh, in two weeks. I haven't decided on topic because we need to see how way, <laughs> which way all of this goes. But I look forward to seeing each of you. Please stay safe and figure out your next fight, okay? Good night, everyone. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you will join us again soon at Visibility Unlimited.
thank you.